and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. And this week we are reading Jenny Lawson's Let's Pretend This Never Happened, a mostly true memoir. And this book is um, stories from her life, um, from her childhood in rural Texas, and then also from her adult life after she marries Victor. And this book came into my life from a friend when we were at a used bookstore who was telling me about it and she wandered off and found it and came and put it in my hands and said, you have to buy this. And so it was about $1.50. I was like, yeah, I can swing that. So I bought it and it was the best $1.50 I'd spent in a very long time. I fell in love with it, was laughing out loud, read that over the other four books that I picked out myself and then made all the people that I worked with at the time made them all read it and they really enjoyed this book also it's just full of craziness from her life and just kind of her perspective is really fun and funny so i wanted to see what janelle and elizabeth would think of it so what did you guys think of it i really freaking like this book yay (laughs) so i mean at first i kind of it wasn't that i wasn't sure but i was like yeah this is funny um for the the intro or whatever it is but then the actual first paragraph on the second page I had to put the book down and just kind of like inhale for a little bit because I was about to laugh in uncontrollably because the cool thing about this book is that she really kind of has her own language in a way like it's English but she has a very specific way in how she crafts every sentence mm-hmm. we kind of talked about this with Rothfuss in a way it's like every word is very very intentional but it seems effortless at the same time and it's it's all her own like it's, right. she's infectious but i don't know that it, she's so unique that i don't know that it could ever be really replicated that mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. it's she has her own lingo and it kills me yes yeah <laughs> and it's it, she has a really cool self-deprecating sense of humor and just a way to talk about the weirdest crap you could ever have happen to you as if it's normal and yet not all at the same time. It's it's really interesting how she can talk about things. You're like mentioning all the points I have written down in my notes, Sorry. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it is well worth your mother money, whatever you pay for it. Mm-hmm. I almost said well worth your mother. Like, trade your mother for this book. <laughs> that might be stretching it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely if you find it, buy it. With your mother. <laughs> With your <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you think? I really enjoyed it. It took me like a little longer to like. Okay, I think I had really high expectations when I began the book um, because I've heard not just you, but I know like a lot of people have loved it. Mm-hmm. So I guess I know this is really unfair, but when I wasn't like laughing uncontrollably with like the first few sentences, I was a little. Am I gonna like this? Getting kind of nervous, but I ended up really loving really loving it and really getting invested in it and I really had to stop myself from going past where we stopped which is where we stopped like we're starting to get into like my favorite stuff like I love the stuff with her and Victor like Victor is a saint but also there's got to be something wrong with him Uh, (laughs) well I mean how they met shows that he's messed up yes I love I love Victor and her I think they are adorable I am right now so invested in their relationship and i'm really looking forward to reading more 
Good. Uh, the other character that our character, it's a person, it's a real person, I really loved was her father. I love her father <laughs> yeah. so much. I just, like, that's really when I was like, I'm in. I want to hear more about this man and everything he does. Like, this man I who thinks it. it's appropriate to throw a bobcat on his yes. daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> I, and also the turkeys that he keeps calling quail. It is, tur- right. is it turkeys? It is turkeys. And that he keeps talking, uh, calling quail. Like, oh my gosh. Just, <laughs> I love it. And then the um, squirrel that he makes. <laughs> the magic squirrel. That's so oh, evil. Oh gosh. Oh, but he's so funny. He sounds like my grandfather when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I didn't know him then, but I've heard stories. Yeah. <laughs> I figure I ought to say this, at least in the recording. Our our friends would probably really hate me, and maybe even you guys do. I actually dog-eared some of the pages in this. No, that is a bummer. Okay, so many people in our program, including our beloved multiple-time guest host, is absolutely opposed to the idea of dog-earing or underlining or whatever. If it's my Um, book, I'll do it. If it's someone else's book, I won't. I would never do that to somebody else's book. But if it's my book, I'm, like, folding that page in half. Right. (laughs) I was going to say, I used to be really bad about dog-earing. I've tried to stop it as much, but sometimes, like, you need to know where you are. Well, and see, here's the thing. This is is where my point is and how it relates to this book. Books, to me, are an experience, and Mm -hmm. I, I usually don't do it for, like, my fantasy books and things like that, but especially real life things like nonfiction books stuff like that they are even more of an experience it's something to be used for the future and so even a a, a book or especially a book like this it is an experience every single bit of it is just like something that you want to remember right and so i feel like if you don't but there's there's so much content and such you come away with instead of like factual things you're coming away with like a good feeling about the book and so i want to remember specific things and therefore dog-earing right things see it also kind of depends for me on like what type like i have a hardcover copy Mm -hmm. you all have paperback copies yeah therefore i'm not going to dog-ear this one i'm not going to write in it if i had a paperback one I probably there probably is points where I would underline, mm-hmm. and it also depends on like how like how I'm reading it. But if it's just a complete fiction book that's strictly for fun, more than likely I'm not going to underline anything. Right. I, but if it's I'm reading it more to discuss or to glean knowledge from, then I'm going to underline. Like yeah, right. You I know. do that too. And I have like five different. No, that's probably less than what I have, but I have a lot of versions of Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. and there's one copy that it, I just beat the crap out of and I underline yeah. and mm-hmm. make notes in and whatever. I'm really glad that you have multiple copies of your favorite book because like, I was packing my books because I'm moving, and I was like, I know I have too many copies of The House of Mirth, but I'm keeping all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you know? I mean, finding new copies of Pride and Prejudice and like, unique forms, right. like, that is, when I travel internationally, that's my oh, that's what, oh, um, like that. souvenir, mm-hmm. is finding it, like, I have a copy that's in Chinese, I have a copy that's in mm-hmm. Italian, I have a little Japanese version that like they use to learn English so it's a very simple version of the story and in the back there's a Japanese dictionary so that is like my mm-hmm. souvenir is Pride and Prejudice in some unique form in whatever country I'm visiting. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's cool. I guess where I was going with this was that I want the overall feeling of the book but I also want the specific things that were something profound or just really funny mm-hmm. to me and yeah. things like that so it's like I want to 
suck every bit of awesomeness out of this book, which is, I feel like, something that I don't necessarily run into a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, like, a good way of, like, marking your experience. Like, now, like, when you go back and you pick up that book and you flip to whatever dog ear you have, Mm -hmm. you're like, you can find that, like, place that you really loved. Yeah. Kind of experience it again. I get it. I, I think say, I get it. I hope that's not me yeah, putting no, words in your you're mouth. you're right. I fully expect it. Like, part of this was I was, I'm a little bit shocked that you guys are okay with dog earring, too, because I feel like it's such a faux pas in our profession. Yeah, like, 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 like I used but... to dog ear a lot. Like, I've stopped myself so much, but, like, I totally understand it. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for it. No. <laughs> Thanks. I still, uh, I still I do it constantly, and I'm not, not have it. I'm ever going to give up. Um, I'm sorry if that hurts, like if that offends people, <laughs> but I won't do it to other people's books. I try not to do it to library books. Yeah. But I don't actually check out a lot of physical library books I, anymore. I do, I do get annoyed when I'm having to undo people's yeah. dog oh, ears yeah. in library mm-hmm. books. Because if you're going to oh, yeah. do it in a library book, at least undo it. Because I've got little post-its all throughout this book right now. And if you're going to do that in a library book, before you turn oh, it in, yes. please take out your post-its. Because I've done love. that with library books too, but I take out the post-it. Uh, yes. <laughs> this has okay. been librarian so, rant. But you know what? Jenny Lawson would really appreciate this, like, diverting from That's right. So, okay. So I wanted to talk about, like, her writing style, mm-hmm. which Janelle kind of mentioned when she first started talking. But her writing style is very conversational. Like, in my head, mm-hmm. I'm dramatically reading, like, everything mm-hmm. she's writing because I don't know how you read it without... Mm-hmm. dramatically putting a voice yeah. on it and she tends to jump around and has a lot of a side and that works very well for me because my mind does that too so did that work for y'all yeah it's it's clearly a book that's been edited mm-hmm. like because it's a book that made it you know right yeah. like it has to be edited and it has editor notes i just yeah, i, I really want to know those editor notes. i want to know how many of those are actual or like how many it's her she, yeah, yeah. But it feels like somebody telling you a story. Like, when I read this, it's like, oh, this is the hell that I put everybody through when I'm telling a story. (laughs) Not that it's bad. It's not bad at all. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, instead of reading a book, it's like you're reading a person. Okay, so I'm going to fess up now. I didn't actually read it. No, I'm kidding. I read it. Well... I'll listen to it. That that's my confession. That's right. <laughs> and I'm really I'm really glad I have the book. But it's just this is just the kind of genre that I love to listen to. Um, Who read it? Does, does she read it? She reads it. Okay. Ooh. And I don't know why this makes me so happy, but she sings the title of the chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love it so much. Oh, that'd be great. Um, now there are parts where like I really gotta have the physical copy because they have pictures in there. Yeah. Um, so I can like flip to that because sometimes she's just describing the picture. Right. How does she do the footnotes? Like, but does she like stop in like the middle of like yes. the, at, at the the middle of the sentence and jump down to it or okay? Yeah. Where the footnote is, she'll like stop there and like the editor. It might be a little. Her voice might change a little for the editor's footnotes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. the one about Angelina Jolie. Hating <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jews. Yeah. Hating yeah. Jews. <laughs> Which she does not. Yeah. Just the editor makes that clear. Mm -hmm. One of the pages that I actually marked, (laughs) not because of that. Editor's note, Angelina Jolie does not hate Jewish people at all, and this is a total fabrication. We apologize to Miss Jolie and the Jewish community. (laughs) And then there's another one down the page when she brings it back up again. Except about the Angelina Jolie hating Jews thing, which is probably totally true. And then the editor's note is, no, that's not true at all. Shut up, Jenny. (laughs) 
Um, and I also, it's also, it is really conversational style. Um, and when she does digress, um, I did actually enjoy getting lost in her digressions. And I really like the way she brings it back with like, what was I talking about? Because <laughs> I've definitely done that before. And it's also like, oh yeah, what was she talking about? <laughs> you know? Um, so I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it so far. Good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I adore like the footnotes and the little parenthetical whatever of her either explaining or her editor mm-hmm. being like, Editor's note. No, that's not even close to the weirdest thing about getting a cow pregnant in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, and so I really like her humor in this very well. Um, like, I'm very self-deprecating, so I appreciate that in others. Yeah. Um, and she is very self-deprecating in this. Um, I think that's really the only thing she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, she does it really well. Unless she takes she's, it to the next level. Yeah, unless she's kind of not tearing down other people, but, like, how she talks about her sister is really kind of funny sometimes. Like, when her sister's in the... Um, in the oh, turkey, uh, yeah, yeah, the turkey costume. I, I like it that she doesn't just paint other people as one-dimensional, which why would she? But still, it's, right. it's cool to see that she thinks about other people's motivations and that, like, my sister was probably being nice to me because she needed to get out of the turkey costume <laughs> and I was the only one who had opposable thumbs <laughs> in the moment. It's very interesting to see um, kind of the difference between, like, her and her sister having grown up in the same environment and being very different and like her sister being more the popular normal typical kid and her being a kid just riddled with anxiety and and that sort of thing and that's one thing I really like about this book that I noticed this time as I was reading it was there's a lot of serious topics that she talks about yeah but you don't get bogged down by the sadness of it or the heaviness or darkness of it where you would without the humor yeah Mm -hmm. but we're talking about somebody who grew up very very poor in texas Mm -hmm. we're talking about anxiety and anorexia and differences in class and all this stuff but that's not what you think about when you think about the book she does that very well to talk about this stuff but you don't even really realize right that she's talking about this she's not talking about them though is the thing she's talking about situations that she's been in and how they've been impacted by these other things. And so it's really, it's kind of cool. It's not anxiety made me this way or do, right. did this. It's I had this and I acted this way because of anxiety right. or I, I did this. And so it's it's kind of a different way. Instead of being focused on the mental issues and mm-hmm. things like that, it's kind of, celebration isn't the right word, but it's kind of a celebration of the weird crap that she's gone to and acknowledging the multiple dimensions of it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's cool to show the humanity behind that kind of stuff. Right. Those things are a huge part of her life, but she's not completely defined by them. It's right. Like, Do you think it's also like a defense mechanism? Mm. Like, I'm going to talk about this stuff with you guys, but I'm not going to be too serious about it, even though this is serious. I'm going to frame it in my way. I'm going to come at it this way and make you laugh about it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the question is, is, is it a coping mechanism or a control mechanism? Because... But couldn't the like, coping mechanism given, be giving her control over the story? I mean, like... Yeah, coping makes it sound like it's... I mean, it, it. and I'm... This is a question, like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have an answer for it, but I could see it either way where she's trying to deal with it or push it down or whatever, like, in a negative way is mm-hmm. how I mean 
with a coping mechanism, oh. but a positive way in in that when she can frame it how she wants to, she's controlling it and it's she's conquering it. That's probably a better way of saying it than control. Yeah. By being able to not alter the facts or anything like that, but see how they connect to things later on in life mm-hmm. and be able to take an outside view of it. And not, like, living in that moment. Like, instead, yeah, taking more control over the narrative of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just, that's kind of, because of the light way that she talks about so much, I Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping for the best. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm framing it this way. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to think that's how it is, is that this is her method of conquering and controlling rather than Mm -hmm. pushing it off to the side. Well, and when I hear coping mechanism, I don't think of it as necessarily a bad thing. We all have coping mechanisms that we all help us get through life. So I don't, I feel like it might be a coping mechanism, but I don't feel like it's because these things are defeating her. I feel like it's her way to be able to embrace them Mm. and to be able to conquer them Mm. is kind of when I think of how I view coping mechanisms. I agree. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, it can be a coping mechanism can be something that lessens your quality of life but if they're used correctly i think that they can actually be useful tools for helping you navigate situations and deal with uncomfortable feelings and stuff like that but okay i do have a question does she ever go into a little more detail about her anxiety or her anorexia or does it i can't remember in this book because it's been a long long time since i've read this book completely her next book furiously happy deals more with that stuff and is a little bit more serious actually i haven't quite made it all the way through it i would be curious to see how she would deal with that stuff in a more in a more details i guess like i don't know i was gonna say i um, don't want to say more honest because i do think that she's being honest right furiously happy might not deal with it during this time period of her life but definitely deals more with that subject but it is a lot less funny than this one (laughs) (laughs) well and that that kind of goes into some of the stuff that a point that i was wanting to make about her sister she kind of makes me think how reliable of a narrator is she that's true too because i mean she does say that it's a mostly true memoir that there are some things that are tweaked or made up or whatever like that and so one of the things that that i'm really curious about like you guys said how different she and her sister are i really wonder how much how different they actually were Mm -hmm. because i could see where being in her position and being that cripplingly anxious and and feeling like an outcast anybody is going to feel more popular than you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, being a school mascot is not like some popular thing. Mm-hmm. It's not something popular people do. It's at the top of do. the social pyramid. I should kind of take that partially back. The guy that was my high school mascot, he was pretty popular, but he wasn't like football star popular or mm-hmm. anything like that. He was just a cool dude that everybody liked. Yeah. But I feel like, number one, a girl being the school mascot number two a popular girl being a school mascot like that doesn't really jive to me so i wonder how much i would love to hear from her sister i guess is what i'm getting mm-hmm. at yeah i get Not what you're that, saying too also given was it the 80s that was when in, they were growing up the 80s and they were in high school in the early 90s yeah i don't know anything about uh 90s high school culture besides what i've seen from uh movies wait, <laughs> wait I, I i believe i have some quotes where she tells 90s kids to shut up or whatever um, yeah. i was laughing at that and i was like yeah because there's gonna be a few things where elizabeth and janelle are like i don't i don't know what she was talking about and yeah I, and i do know what she was talking about i was little at that time but like for instance when she talks about the raccoon and jams do y'all know what jams yeah. are I'm not sure, no. 
they were like these very colorful shorts like in pretty like thin material or whatever but they were like would be all sorts of like crazy pattern shorts and oh. very thin I mean I had material. those when I was a kid unless it was a, was that a specific brand no like or... my mom made my brother jams all the time and like I read that and I was like they're not gonna know yeah I don't I, know I didn't know that um, and I just thought of my brother Tim because he loved him some jams. <laughs> Wait, uh, were we? Sorry, we kind of switched. We kind of yeah uh, I, jumped <laughs> conversations here. Just like we were talking about her being an unreliable narrator, right? But I actually think like these I, are her memories, and like it's really hard for anybody to remember things that accurately. And we oh, yeah. all have like these different views of the situation. So it would be interesting to hear someone else's point of view of like certain stories right if me you and janelle all told about the same thing that like we all went and did something together yeah if we all told that story it's going to be different especially like okay like it's gonna be different like a week from now and then it's also gonna be different like 15 years from now. right so it is interesting oh yeah to think about right i don't mean it negative oh, in any way either that she's in uh, that's the only thing i can think of to describe it as right. unreliable narrator. Well, and I'm not saying, like, her sister probably was, like, the most popular, but mm-hmm. I think her sister made friends easier mm-hmm. and doesn't have some of the same issues that I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, because actually, and I don't know if this is giving too much away from the rest of the book or not, but I actually think she's a lot like her father. Uh, wait, um, who's a lot like Jenny. Jenny is a is lot, a lot like, like her dad. father. Okay. And, and kind of has some of the same issues that he probably has. <laughs> she uh, where, makes a dead squirrel puppet? <laughs> um, no, she doesn't make a dead squirrel puppet. I, I feel like her mother from the outside world appears more normal. And so, and, and my and her sister from the outside world appears more normal. Yeah. So back to things that reminded you of the 90s. Oh, well, I'm trying to think. I know there were more things, but one of the things that she said was, uh, she was talking about the internet and talking about the drug dealer having a pager or whatever. I was like, I remember the times of the pagers. I thought those things were so cool and mysterious. Like, I never quite knew how they worked. Uh-huh. For some reason, that makes me think of my, my brother's high school when we moved to Tennessee. It still had, like, phone booths inside the high school and remembering, like, how prevalent they were. So, like, just the tiny detail of, like, pager was, like, yeah. bam, 90. But, well, but pager also, like... At the beginning of Gilmore Girls, when Gilmore Girls oh, came yeah. out, they used Pager. So that mm-hmm. was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So pagers, was, pagers we, were prevalent for a long time. They were, but I remember when we got probably our first and only one, it was like later in the 90s, and mm-hmm. it was like, we have arrived. Right. And it's so, like, they had been around for a while, but I was like, we're fancy now, man. <laughs> but so the time period she's talking about, pagers weren't as prevalent Yeah. Um, at all. There was something else about the the internet, too. I don't remember what it was. Uh, was it, like, when she was when, in Victor's dorm room? Yeah. Yeah. She decided to look up pictures of dead bodies? <laughs> yeah. Which, that's probably going to be around, I'm going to guess, like, mid-90s. Yeah, probably. Which is kind of when I'm first remembering the internet. Like, the internet first oh, becoming yeah. a thing and, like... I remember being in middle school and going to certain friends' houses, and they actually had the internet, and that was a big deal, and we would look up crappy fan pages for Leonardo DiCaprio on... Oh, I can't, I can't think of the place that everybody used to use the whatever pages. Ask Jeeves? Dogpile? No, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have no clue. No, I'm talking about like a certain like host type mm. thing that everybody... Angel Fire, Angel. That mm. I think okay. it was, that everybody used to use. 
No, I found the sentence, though. Um, she says, he was also the first person I ever met who had the internet in his room. Special note to those same people born after 1990. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny, though, like, things that came, that were in the 90s, like, I still didn't necessarily get them until the 2000s, and my uh-huh. mind was still blown like it was the 90s, because <laughs> we were pretty isolated in a lot of the stuff that we got in my family. We, we're always, like, super behind on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, finding out that the internet was a thing and trying to understand what it was was, mm-hmm. like, amazing. I feel like I could talk about that like a 90s person. I But mm-hmm. not at the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not giving you that because, card. Well, because I feel like even if you all didn't have it, by elementary school, it was it was a more common thing. For, I'm trying to for think if we... those around you. You all might not have had it, but, like, like, it wasn't even a thing that anybody had heard of when I was in elementary yeah. school. We got the internet for the first time when I was a freshman in high school, so 98, 99. Mm-hmm. You know, versus you all just knew it a little bit more than, and it wasn't really, like, it was becoming more of a thing. Like, she was in college before anybody first had the internet. You mm-hmm. know, like, that she knew. Do you all have, like, a favorite chapter or story of what we read? There's so much, like, funny stuff in here. Yeah. But I do think, like, man, it's hard. It's hard. The story where her father um, brings home the magic squirrel. He's like, <laughs> I've got to show them this. And, like, how crazy that is. I do love that story. And then it's a toss-up between me for that, between me and then, like, when her and Victor met mm-hmm. at the um, at the bookstore. And she was like, he kept saying, I have all these books. And what did she say? She was like something like, I wasn't going to, I didn't have money to buy them. I was going to steal them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just love their meet cute moment, I guess. My favorite thing about the squirrel story is mm-hmm. then when her niece um, yeah. finds the... He was going to do this. He was going to, like, um, <laughs> uh, take a raccoon, a dead raccoon. Right, yeah. And uh, do the same thing with um, his granddaughter, right? Yeah. And... Then he forgets about it, and and the granddaughter finds it. Yeah, and like Underneath goes her bed, goes up up to him while he's sleeping, and is like, I guess like <laughs> rubbing his face with her or whatever, and like wakes him up, and he screams. Yeah, and it's just so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love that moment. I I like Victor. I'm not mm-hmm. saying uh-huh. anything bad about it, but like. That could have gone so wrong so easily. Right. So, like, it was really hard for me to get behind those decisions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I really like Jenny going over to meet his family and, like... That's another good one. Not being able to sit on the cushions. And yeah. she's like, you never taught me effing couch etiquette. <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's perfect because I know there's people like that. Like, I just start having flashbacks to, like, everybody loves Raymond and how, like, his mom would leave the plastic on the couches right? and everything like that. Because there's people like that. And I'm yeah. like, that blows my mind. I really like this story. And I kind of connected with it because, look, my family and I, we use the living room. As if, like, we all have to be stretched out. We all have to have blankets. And our couch pillows are actually pillows you would put on your bed. Okay? <laughs> so, like, if some random person walked in, they'd be like, wow, they all sleep in the living room? <laughs> like, what? That's funny. Um, so, like, when I first was hearing that story and I heard that she sat on the couch cushions, I was like, where is she going to sit? Like, I don't know. Like, 
So, yeah, I really love that See, story. Like, I have one pillow that it's like, this is a nice pillow, please don't use, but half the time, guests will use it, so I go oh, hide it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hide your... Like, when, when my parents, my dad, like, slept on it or whatever, like, uh, when he I took see. a nap, and mom's like, go put that in your bedroom. Because I was like, I'm, like, I have, like, five other pillows in my living room that I've met that is fine for anybody to use. Uh, and, like, he he uses the one that is, like, nice, has, like, bought from a store, like, whatever. And it, mom's like, yeah, go hide that. He'll just keep using it. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't understand decorative pillows. Go put that up. So I think that was one of my favorites. I think the things that get me more that, that stick with me are just the funny phrases so it's hard to come up with like a a story for me for some reason so what was it um dang it it's not the turkeys and i don't know why like i I like the turkeys turkeys. but on the other hand like i don't know i maybe i just don't like the idea of being pursued by animals constantly (laughs) i feel like that would be like the most traumatizing thing ever Oh, it was just high school. That was what it was. It was just the whole high school thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I super related to how she talked about high school, uh-huh. but that does kind of feel my life, feel like my life in in a way that like I somehow find myself a part of things that I wasn't originally supposed to be part of, and it's like, how did this happen? Like stories that like really snowball like that, uh-huh. and when with it being like framed in a high school where agriculture is like a big thing that kind of fits with me yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm really glad i avoided the ag barn at my school because i'm sure that they did that there no (laughs) (laughs) yeah no my favorite in what we've read is the um her meeting his mom for the first time and Mm -hmm. then them leaving early because she doesn't know how to sit on a couch. But I feel like (laughs) that is also, like, partially his fault because he freaked out in a way that, Mm -hmm. like, just let her sit on it. Like, explain later, whatever. Like, it's fine. Don't don't Mm -hmm. freak her out. Like, you've been dating her for how long? Like, you know she's not going to (laughs) take that over. But also, I'm just going to give this little teaser. My other happens to be about a giant chicken later oh, on. Um, that is like one of my absolute favorites that involves her, Victor, and a giant chicken. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I really, really love the way she worded it and just kind of about like accepting herself comes at the end of the turkey story. She says, and actually a little relieved for me too, because it was the first time in my life that I gave myself permission to be me. I was still shy and self-conscious and terrified of people, but Jenkins had essentially freed me of the bonds of having to try to fit in. It was a lesson I should have been happy to learn at such a young age. If it weren't for the fact that it was a teaching moment centered on a public turkey attack witnessed by all the same kids that I would graduate from high school with. Soon afterward, Jenkins and the other turkeys disappeared from our lives, but the lessons I learned from them still remain. Turkeys make terrible pets. You should never trust your father to identify poultry and you should accept who you are, flaws and all. Because if you try to be someone you aren't, then eventually some turkey is going to crap all over your well-crafted facade. So you might as well save yourself the effort and enjoy your zombie books. And so I guess in a way I owe Jenkins a debt of gratitude because even if it was entirely unintentional, he was a brilliant teacher and also totally delicious. (laughs) but i feel like that really sums up a lot of the book yeah i really appreciate that message too sometimes i guess like i totally get what she's saying but at the same time sometimes i think i just forget that lesson 
Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's a hard lesson, I think, that you kind of have to relearn. Yeah, and keep reminding yourself, like, that's okay, you know? Like... It's okay that I'm a weirdo. It's so totally okay (laughs) that I'm so weird. I don't know. I don't know why, like, I can't think of a specific instance to go along with this, but one of my favorite things that she talked about that related to me on a spiritual level Uh was when she was talking about, like, trying to start witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not into witchcraft. Never have been. Right. But it's just the way in which she goes about it. So, my childhood love of horror stories had side-railed into a brief fling with witchcraft, which lasted just long enough for me to realize that none of the spells and charms I ever made, I made, ever worked. When it called for a white candle waved over newly broken seeds, I would shrug and wave my dad's flashlight over a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) I would eventually denounce witchcraft as completely useless, but to be fair, it's possible that it was less about the potency of the spells and more that I just, I was really just a bad cook. And I'm just like, that is so me. There's so many things that I'm just like, oh, they called for this. No, 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 I'm going to do this. <laughs> they called for sugar? Well, I'm going to use salt. <laughs> like, that guy just, just... I would recommend not doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. Maybe if we want to try and glean something, like, super intelligent out of this, uh, it's... I feel like a lot of the time it's just like, oh, I'm not prepared for this, so I'm going to try and use my close approximation, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> which turns out to be a flashlight in a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> I also love that it was the peanut butter with the jelly already in Yes. It. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. that. I used to think that was the best, like, peanut butter and jelly. Just, like, used to love that stuff. Now I think it's really gross. Because, uh, like, I definitely tried to go back and revisit that. But, man, I thought it was delicious. I yeah. never really liked jelly. So oh, my goodness. I love jelly. I'm a Jif creamy girl for okay. my peanut butter. And everything mm-hmm. else is not as good. Oh, really? Just that. Just I like that. experimenting with, like, a lot of different kinds of peanut butter. <laughs> no. And nut I'm butter. A, chocolate. I'm a Jif girl. You do you. And creamy. I do do not give me crunchy. Crunchy is disgusting and should not be a thing. <laughs> I'm fine with You're crunchy. passionate about this. I subject. am. I mean, if you all like crunchy, that's fine. You are well, allowed to be wrong. But <laughs> I'm fine with crunchy. It's just that crunchy can be painful sometimes. Mm. That's my problem with it. I just like I just like to change it up. Good for you. Good for I, you. I, I like my peanut butter classic. Okay. Um, anybody else have anything to say about the book? I just, I still have another couple favorite lines. Okay. If yeah. you want to look it's at all them. Out there. This is the one that just made me have to put the book down. Talking about uh, running into her gynecologist at Starbucks and that the gynecologist just like completely ignored her. And she said, either way, it's just very disconcerting when people who have been inside your vagina don't acknowledge your existence. Also, I want to clarify that I don't mean that I was there without my vagina. <laughs> like, I don't have it with me at, at all the time. I just meant that I wasn't, you know, displaying it while at Starbucks. That's probably understood, but I just thought I should clarify since it's the first chapter and you don't know that much about me. So just, to, this is where I laughed so much. So just to clarify, I always have my vagina <laughs> with me. It's like my American Express card in that I don't leave home without it. Not that I use it to buy stuff with. I have that mark too. Not that I use it to buy stuff with was like where I realized this is going to be a really interesting book. 
Oh, yeah. Talking about uh, in the South, everybody has uh, gun cabinets. Mm -hmm. Um, So she said, also, whenever I read this paragraph to people who don't live in the South, they get hung up on the fact that we had furniture devoted just to guns. But in rural Texas, pretty much everybody has a gun cabinet, unless they're gay. Then they have gun armoires. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, the thing that is interesting to me is that she says that you will be offended at something in this book at some point. And the fact that she can kind of say stuff like that, but it still be like, it's, it doesn't feel crass when she mm-hmm. says it. It's just funny because it's a different way of looking at things. And yeah. it's, it's a gun armoire. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting to me, though, is that I haven't been offended by anything yet. Yeah. And I'm like, how many more pages do we have? I mean, it's a lot, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, be? it's like, or am I going to be offended? It's a challenge now. <laughs> Kim, was there ever a moment like that for you? Where I was like offended? Yeah. I don't I don't think so. Also, it's been a long time since I've read the entire book. I have read bits and pieces, especially like as I was thinking about making you all read it and I read like bits and pieces from after the first hundred pages and was cracking up because that's where a lot of my favorite stuff comes from. I just ran across when she was talking about Doogie Hauser and that was the first time that she uh special notes for people reading this book who were born after nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. One, I kind of hate you. Please <laughs> stop looking so good in shorts. Two, Doogie Howser, M.D. was one of the first shows Neil Patrick Harris did. It was before he got all hot. No one ever had a crush on him at that point. Then he came out of the closet and suddenly he was totally hot and every girl in the world wanted to sleep with him. This is just how girls work. We can't explain it either. Also, have you all heard of Doogie besides just from me? Because I feel like no. I've mentioned Doogie no. Howser. I, I'm, yeah, I've okay. heard of that before. No, have, have you I, ever seen any? No. no. Okay. Okay, yes, Kim. You're right. We haven't seen any <laughs> for very 90s kids. <laughs> I no, like that was just a show that I loved when I was little. Like Okay. It was it was a good show. I bet it was. He was a little he was a little like genius doctor. What what network was it on, do you know? Was it well, was it one that you had to have like cable for or something? No, cuz this Cause was I had never even heard of it. This was back in the day before cable had all their TV shows like okay. that. Now, this was on a, a major network. Interesting. Because, I mean, I didn't hear about it until, I don't know, probably probably around, uh, uh, when I was in college, like around when I heard about Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, so when you started hearing more about Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. basically. So this is not related to Neil Patrick Harris. This is at when she's telling their engagement story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and she decides that she actually really is in love with him. So, midnight, Victor sighed and turned into the parking lot of our apartment building, and he just stared numbly at the dumpster in front of us, looking defeated and despondent. And that's when I felt really, really bad for him. I put my hand on his arm, (laughs) and he sighed miserably, like he was a total failure. I wanted to cheer him up, but it felt weird wanting to cheer up someone who was possibly depressed because they didn't murder you correctly. And that's when I thought, this must be what love is when you want to make it less difficult for someone to murder you. (laughs) And that's when I realized that I was far too in love with him for my own good. And also that I probably needed therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm glad that you both liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, So will you finish the book? Yeah, I think I will. Most likely. Surprisingly, I've read this really slow. I don't Uh know if it's just because I've been pet sitting and I have to get up every 10 minutes to let the cat in to go eat. I kind of feel like I have to take this slow anyway. So, but I do plan on finishing it at Uh least at some point. See, this is a book like that I, like, 
I was really distracted last night as I was reading it, so I did feel like it was taking me longer than it normally does. But, like, this is also one of those books that I find so funny. Like, I just want to keep reading it. Yeah. Maybe maybe it probably is just because I've been interrupted so much. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if I do have a lot of quiet time that I could sit down and knock a whole bunch of it out. Because I did, I actually had to read the second half of it today, like, three hours before I came yeah. here. And I got through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm listening to it right now. And it's just that I have, like, I'm also listening to, still listening to The Daily Show, Audio History. But I have listened to all of My Favorite Murder. So that's really freed up some of my audio time. <laughs> I'll probably keep listening to this and then finish The Daily Show because I just got that one renewed. Um, So what have y'all been obsessing over lately? My Favorite Murder, Elizabeth? Yeah, it w- yeah, it was that. Also, okay, do you know, did I ever sound dismissive of YouTube entertainment? Because if I, this is something like, you know what I mean? Like, you watch YouTube videos, right? Like, Yeah, okay. a lot. I used to be very dismissive of, like, spending a lot of time watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And I take it all back. <laughs> yeah. I take it all back. Guys. What have you been watching? I have been watching, like, um... Okay, I've been watching, like, beauty gurus, okay? So these are, like, (laughs) these are, you know, like, people who, like, make videos about how to put on makeup and what they bought at Topshop. And I've also been into, like, the British uh, YouTubers because I love their accent. So I've been watching. Which ones? Throw out names. I need these names. Hello October. Her best friend is I Covet Thee. Like, her her name's actually Alice, but that's her YouTube name. Mm -hmm. They're adorable. And I've just been watching that. And then sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, wow, I just watched a YouTube video of someone washing their face and describing the <laughs> products they used. Like, this is, you know, you need to get out of bed, Elizabeth. You need to do something else. You might like Candy Johnson, K-A-N-D-E-E Johnson. Yes, okay. Have you watched her? I haven't watched her, but I, I am she's, following her on Instagram right now. Yeah, she's a professional makeup artist. And she does, like, body paint sometimes stuff. Right. She's pretty cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went through phases where I was watching the beauty stuff, which mm-hmm. is funny because I don't wear makeup. But, yeah, it's entertaining and it's interesting to see the creativity behind it. It's a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then sometimes, like, if they get really big, they go on these trips with uh, certain brands. So I get, like, this highly produced, like, montage of them going to, like, Paris, London, Barcelona. But finally... Mm-hmm. One day, I, I finally took a break from that, and I started watching romantic comedies, and that's just really where I'm at right now, <laughs> watching a lot of romantic comedies. It's like my comfort food, and um, I'm loving it. That's a good comfort food. I agree. Yeah. Janelle, what have you been obsessing over? I have been watching a YouTube show that I actually, I'm pondering the idea of making you guys watch it. It's called Hot Ones, and it's where they bring in celebrities to talk to this interviewer while they eat progressively hotter hot wings. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's really, really kind of, it's cool to watch because it's, the hot sauce is kind of a way to see, like, how it, it kind of tears down a lot of, like, the bravado that people put up. Except for DJ Khaled. Man, he, he wussed out after three hot sauces. Oh, and they man. have, like, eight hot sauces he didn't even, no 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 more than that more than that mm-hmm. is it 10 i'm not sure he didn't get very far at all he he had sriracha and he's like oh man that's hot <laughs> it's like really dude that, um, that reminds me of lauren like lauren right. wouldn't even make it to the sriracha um, that's what i was just right? thinking 
I mean, and I'm not saying the sriracha doesn't have some heat behind it. Yeah. But this guy was like blaming it on like the on the hot sauce. He was like, "Oh man, it's so hot." It's like, no, blame it on yourself, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I could do amazingly either, but I would also be like, "No, no, no, this is me. It's not the sauce." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's really fascinating to watch, and it's not. It's never any, like, puff piece interviews or anything. Like, he's asking... He asks fun stuff, but he also asks some, like, serious stuff. And it's stuff that's, like, related to the character of the person. It's not just, like, tell me about your favorite this. It's it's mm-hmm. it's interesting stuff. So I might yeah. make you guys watch that. that Once I cool. watch one, I can't... I, I can't just watch one. Yeah. I usually sit down and watch three or four, which is bad because they're, like, 20 minutes each. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I've just been reading a lot. So this past week I read Murder on the Ballarat Train, um, which is the third in the Frining Fisher series that Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries was based off of. And I have read the other two, the first two of that series also. And then I also read Anna Kendrick's memoir, Scrabby Little Nobody. And I'm like currently in the middle of about five different books also. So that's mainly what I've been doing. I'll also might have a show that I've watched a hundred times on in the background. But but yeah, I've just really been more into like reading lately. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. my obsession because I have time to do it and I don't have- feel horribly guilty because I should be working on a project for school. So I've just been like loving that freedom and loving being like, I want to read this and I want to read this. And like, I have like so many library books checked out right now and so many on overdrive and I'm having to like stop myself from like, oh, I want to get that one. I'm like, no way. Like, finish the eight that you have at home and the three that are on overdrive right now. Like, finish all of that before you get any more. How did you like Scrappy Little Nobody? I liked Scrappy Little Nobody okay. a lot. Oh, um, man, I'm going to have to start that soon. Because like, I, I really like Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. and she's just adorable, and she comes across in the book to me as adorable and weird and quirky, and mm-hmm. I like that. Also, there's a really funny which I sent this to you, a really funny Stephen Colbert interview yeah. with her where, cause in the book at one point she talks about being interviewed and how anytime she gets interviewed, she pictures the interviewer having sex like anytime. So Stephen Colbert brings that up when he's interviewing her the next time. And it's really, really mm-hmm. funny. And this is like the third time he's interviewed her, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're really cute together. So Don't funny. they usually sing together too? Yes, they yes. do. It's adorable. She, man, she's got a, set of lungs on her well she did didn't she do like broadway or something when yeah she was, a she, kid? she was uh yeah a broadway star when she was like 12 that's awesome yeah um that mm-hmm. was her first big thing i've had my eye on that book for a, a long well i don't know how long it's actually been out but for a while so i'm really glad to hear that it's good and it's been out for a while because i've been on the hold list for a while oh gotcha finally mm-hmm. um finally got it but yeah i liked it there's some stuff that might offend some people but you know, whatever. Yeah. So, Janelle, what are we doing for next time? Next time, we're going to watch Grimm, which was a sci-fi, well, now not a sci-fi, a fantasy show that was on NBC. Um, it just ended like a month or two ago. Um, so we'll watch the first five episodes of that. It is available on Amazon Prime, and I think that's probably the only place. Maybe on Xfinity, if that's something that you have. So we'll start that. All right. So if you want more I Love It, Don't You content, you can visit our website, iloveitdontyou.wordpress.com, and find us on our social media stuff, like Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think. 
And if you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, you could leave us a review on iTunes. But thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs>